What's going on, guys? Welcome on back. Second and short podcast here on the Mosaic MC Network. I am Tyler Lauder. He is Jason Teasley. And the draft, as the time of recording, is tomorrow. And today, we're going to be giving you guys some of our draft takes. Some of them will increase in spice levels, a little hot takes, you know, flavor here. And we are going to piss off a lot of fan bases, and we're going to make you upset. Um, But then we might actually say some things that are going to really draw you in. Uh, Before we do that, though, Jason, give me your excitement level. I mean, I asked you this last time, but Uh, it's a day before. Like it's 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 hyping up. It's it's exponentially increasing as the minutes tick by. Uh, I think draft is one of our funnest times of the year because we get to see our favorite teams and we get a lot of content to talk about and see how hot these takes are going to be. So with all that being said, let's jump right on in. Uh, The first draft take, uh, and Jason is going to rapid fire these two kind of, and then talk, and then I'll kind of go back and forth. So let's start easy. Uh, What position will have the most name calls, names called in round one? I think it's going to be cornerback, uh, surprisingly. I think it's a very deep cornerback class that has a a great amount of talent to not only help teams, but the athleticism is there in droves. Yeah. And and then we talking about, we talked about this last week where we have guys like Gonzalez, Banks, Witherspoon, um, Forbes, Turner, Smith, uh, missing a name in there somewhere. I know yeah. I am. there's just, it's, it's a good list. It's a really good list to be in. Uh, and a lot of just really talented corners. For me, I think it's edge rusher. I think edge rusher is going to be called yeah. the most. Um, I think we're going to see that like number hit up really high early. And I think I think we're going to have a chance where we're going to have like seven or eight edge rushers drafted in the first round. I think we're going to get three in the or top 10. Then we're going to get like two in the teens. Then we're going to get like two or three in the 20s is what's going to happen. Because we're talking about guys like Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson, Lucas Von Ness, uh, Nolan Smith. We have guys like Will McDonald, BJ Ojolari. There's and there's names I even missed off of that. There's lots of guys that I think are really going to jump right in because it's a priority. If you got your quarterback, now go get the other team's quarterback. And so that's where I think it's at. Yeah. But I I could see both those positions maybe having, you know, half the draft in the first half. Yeah. This is probably one of the the deepest defensive drafts that I can remember. Yeah, I mean, and we also talk, I mean, there's three like, interior defensive linemen that can go in the first round from Jalen Carter, Elijah Cansey, Mozzie Smith. Like, it, right there, we've just listed off, like, 18 names, and they're all defense. Yeah, it's crazy. Let's increase the heat a little bit. That was fast, so <laughs> a little bit. But which team's draft will be the most chalk? You know, we talk about it during March Madness a lot, where it's just like chalk. Chalk it up, super simple. This is what's going to happen. And this can be more than the first round. You can reach a little bit more and everything, but just which teams are going to do what we've been predicting they're going to do all offseason? You can give me a couple if you want. Give me two. Uh, Number one, I think it's going to be the Houston Texans um, because they've got so many holes to fill. I think that it's just going to be, you know, they're going to go, uh, you know, play a quarterback, you know, a wide receiver and a defensive uh, pass rush. I, I think that's that's a, a 
basically as shocked as you can get. My second team is going to be my hometown Giants. Uh, I'm, I think that they're going to be the, the filling the needs at corner and wide receiver with their first two picks. And I think that's going to fill those roles. And it's going to be pretty much best player available at each one of those positions. And I think the Giants are going to jump on them. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I think the Giants are a really good pick there. The Texans are a team that have been intertwined in a spider web this whole time where, I mean, we have head coach D'Amico Ryans. What if they want to just go defense and just pile it on yeah. and just go, you know what? We'll get our offense next year. And you know, we already got some younger guys at some positions we can work with. And you know what? We'll get a top pick next year, even though I don't think anybody wants that to happen. I, I don't think... I don't think the fans of football overall should want that to happen for them to like get Williams or May next year, just because when you look at the division of AFC and NFC quarterbacks, um, AFC is ex- like, it's not even close. There's, there's no parody here. Like the, all the great quarterbacks in the league are in the AFC. There's some in the NFC, but they're all in the AFC right now. When you talk about your top five, they're AFC quarterbacks. Yeah, you might have one NFC quarterback sneaking there, but it's Maybe. it's it's probably predominant. It's predominantly AFC dominated. It's very AFC top heavy. Uh, the top ten maybe brings in a little bit more parity, but yeah. yeah, I mean you're top you're top heavy in the AFC. You're top five. So I mean, as like NFL fans overall, like I mean, you want you know you want the bad teams in the NFC to get those quarterbacks next year. If you're just a fan of football in general, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Texans could go quarterback at two. They could go quarterback at 12, which I, I think that would just be weird in, in my eyes to get one at 12. Like, if you like that, it's the most important position. Get him at two type thing. Um, it, it's one of those it, – they're not trading back for it, but I hear this a lot through a lot of draft analysis and everything. Is like you don't trade back for a quarterback. That's, like, the one position you don't, like, trade back and are like, we'll get one of these guys, like, it, you know, scheme dependent and everything, but yeah. I mean, the Texans, the Texans should be chalk. They're getting smoke screened up to be the most unpredictable team. Now, you skipped over the most predictable team, and that's the Carolina Panthers are the most chalk team in this draft. They're going to come away with a quarterback at number one, and they've already stated like we need another guy opposite of Brian Burns at thirty nine. I think they're going edge rusher. A lot of fans, myself included, really want a cornerback. I want somebody like Cam Smith, you know, who I think would be really good. DJ Turner, I think it'd be a really good corner for us. But I think the team is really going to prioritize switching to that 3-4. They think uh, a Gross Matos is going to move into the line. I think they want somebody that can kind of stand up on that edge. And so I think their first two picks are going to be pretty chalk um, with that. Now, a second team that I think is going to be really predictable and really chalk um, is going to be the New York Jets. I think they need offensive line. They're going to get offensive line. They have Rodgers now. He likes to be protected and likes to have time in that pocket. If there's ever an influence on that, it's it's going to be that right yeah. there. And in the second round, I, I could see them getting a tight end to give him another guy that he can have the pass to. I know they have some competent tight ends there and everything, but this is a really good tight end class. Um, one that if it wasn't the tight end position would be in the argument with our first question of edge rusher and corner. Uh, there's multiple people out there, myself included, yourself included. There's five, six tight ends that at this time next year 
will be top 32 tight ends in the league and be starters, uh, in, in my opinion, oh, yeah. maybe seven. So those are the two teams. I, I think the Jets are 100% going, we have Rodgers, we have all these weapons, we need to be healthier on the offensive line. That's what we're going to go with. And it's going to be chalk. In Carolina, the same thing. Um, yeah. And, I mean, there's a lot of teams that, I mean, we could all say, like, this is what they're going to do. We, we This draft is very unpredictable. Which yeah, I think, this is, I think this is a very – this is the first time – I mean, I know it's the first time since me and you've been doing the show together that there are so many question marks uh, around every – just about every position, every player, every draft pick. You know, you could see you're hearing a lot of the rumors. Uh, uh, the trade rumors are running rampant now about yes. people – talking about moving up players being on the move. This is probably one of the most exciting drafts I've been a part of in quite some time where you don't know really sit down and go, okay, this is going to be our top 10 picks. Lock them in there. We, we have no idea what the top 10 picks. We don't even know who the top two picks are going to be. Yeah, a lot of times I feel like the past, like past like three years, I feel like I could lay out the top 10. And if I missed on a pick at like five, they're going at seven. You know what I mean? Like they're like, yeah. I'm within two or three picks of their range. And like my top 10 to 12 are going to be, I'm going to get most of those guys right. They're going to get drafted in that range. Uh, but this year, yeah, I mean, it's, it's unpredictable. And I hear a lot of people that out there, they're like, this draft class is boring. It's not as fun. And I think the problem is, is that a lot of people look through this, through like the draft, through fantasy eyes, through fantasy football. And it's like, well, if you play single quarterback, you're like, well, I'm not. My rookie drafts aren't going to have any of these quarterbacks, maybe one. Well, the receivers are all undersized. Well, the running backs might not get day two capital, you know? And so it's, it's, uh, it dilutes a little bit, but when you look at it from just like an NFL football perspective, there's so many high quality defenders in this draft. I have zero idea who's going to win offense and defensive rookie of the year next year. Like it probably should be like Bajan Robinson and Will Anderson. But if you told me it was Zach Charbonnet and I don't even know, like Cam Smith, I'd be like, yeah, probably. Yeah. These guys are all studs, I think. Um, so let's go to the next one. Uh, which team will make the biggest trade jump? Uh, we're going to keep this. We're going to keep it to first round trades. Now they can trade from the second into the first. That's still a big jump. Technically it's a 24 hour jump, um, but we want to go from like position. So we're talking a la the Cleveland Browns falling from six to, to I don't know, 25 or 24 with the Falcons, you know, moving 18, 19 spots. What's the biggest trade jump a team's going to make? Dude, that, this is a tough one, I, and I think it's going to be. I, I honestly think it. Ooh, you don't have to give the exact about, trade. It can just be something. No, like, I, I, I think no. I'm saying um, we talked about this in a mock draft. I think uh -huh. it's going to be the Bills moving up. Yeah, I think that's going to be. I think that's going to be our biggest thing because if there's a couple of players there <clears> that they feel that they need to move up for to come over get over that hump i think they're gonna i think the front office is gonna do it and give uh josh allen the weapons that he needs yeah if for some reason if for some reason like two or three receivers go before i don't know let's say up to like pick like 18 they might want to jump the chargers and get a receiver you know what i mean type thing yeah or i mean we're running back. you know you see yeah that's what i was gonna say you you know we talked about this in our our mock draft you know them moving up they see John Robinson sitting there, 
do do you make that play? I think Buffalo's like, yeah, I don't think that they're fully invested in Cook. I don't mm-hmm. think that um, Damon Harris is going to be the guy. So, I mean, you throw John Robinson in that Bills offense, that is a scary, scary offense to match up against. A thing that we could be looking at, too, because a lot of people – and this is like a side sidebar real quick. A lot of people talk about the Buffalo Bills needing to upgrade from Gabe Davis. I don't think anybody disagrees with that. Um, again, we're looking through fantasy eyes. I think he does really well at pulling attention away from Stefan Diggs. Um, but a name to maybe be looking out is if they can somehow, I don't have the numbers in front of me from Spike Sports Track, but if they can figure out the money, them getting DeAndre Hopkins would actually be fantastic for them because he wouldn't cost you a first-round pick you could essentially get Hopkins. Let's see, even if it's a second, it's a late second. You could draft Bajan Robinson and your offense looks great. Or you could just beef up your offensive line a little bit more, draft a tight end. Like that's kind of, if I was the Bills, I would be going, what does Hopkins cost me? Like that's, oh, yeah. I, I would be looking at that because no disrespect to any of the receivers in this draft class, but they are all a little undersized in, in, in general. Um, and a lot of the guys, they're like, well, maybe they can get Jordan Addison. He's a guy that could fall to them, and we've talked about it. He's looked at as like a mini digs. But what if they wanted to get a different element to their offense instead of a copy and paste, a rinse and repeat type thing? Yeah, and uh, that's a great point because you've got digs to stretch the field. Mm-hmm. Look at, you know, well, let's go back two years ago. Cole Beasley. Okay. Cole Beasley. Worked a lot of underneath routes. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen loved to hit those underneath routes. Beasley moved the chains, was a intricate cog in the, that offense. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you need. Somebody to work the intermediate underneath routes. Knox is a sizable red zone target, yeah. but he's not, he's not mm-hmm. taking that step to be an upper echelon tight end to even be a, you know, a fantasy relevant tight end. You know, we talk a lot about fantasy here. Uh, that's our, our bread and butter. But if you could get somebody to work underneath of digs, that's great. Because if you've got two burners down the field, it's easy to defend. You, you could just set back, play prevent, you know, play a zone, a matchup once they get after the 10 yards. It, it's, it's easier to defend. But if you've got that underneath guy that you also got to contest with, as well as, you know, having digs running these go routes, defenses are going to have to pick their poison. Yeah, so the Buffalo Bills could be a really good candidate to move up. Um, back to the question and everything that I didn't answer yet. Uh, the teams that I think have a, 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 will make the biggest jumps is I'm going to keep sticking with this. My buddy that's a Titans fan hates this and everything, but I think the Titans are going to move up into like the top five to lock in a quarterback. I just, it feels like a right natural trans, transition for them. I also think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to make a big trade uh, to try and get a quarterback as well. Uh, I'd not assume, I mean, I, we did both those trades. I did those in our, in our previous mock that Aaron Rodgers and the Jets and Packers ruined. But I, I think those two teams that need quarterbacks, it's kind of like, well, our teams are not bad enough to get a quarterback next year. We're not good enough to compete with our quarterbacks now. And the worst thing you can do in any competitive nature, fantasy football, real NFL, and everything like that, is be 
mediocre. Like just being like an yeah. eight and nine yeah. team, seven and ten, like being those teams is the worst thing because you don't draft high, you're not making the playoffs. So you got to do something. So I think those two teams, Titans and Buccaneers, are teams that I think could make big jumps run talking, you know, eight plus draft spot movement. Who do you think they uh give us your quick take on what quarterback would you would you go at if you was the Titans and who would you go at as the Bucks? Well, a lot of people are saying that like Will Levis is like uh like a younger Ryan Tannehill. So that's a nice little fit for them. He's got a nice build. He just needs an offensive line. Uh, and anybody that goes to Titans isn't going to have like great receiving options anyways. But uh, they're obviously a place that is willing to draft offensive playmakers for you. They're able to, you know, go out and get guys that can kind of help and contribute. So I, I think Will Levis, Anthony Richardson are both the targets, I think, for both the Titans and the Buccaneers. I think Levis fits the Bucks more. I think CJ Stroud fits the Bucks really well. Um, the Titans with, you know, they could probably run a lot of RPO with Anthony Richardson if they wanted to. Uh, it, realistically, if Anthony Richardson was on the Titans as a starting quarterback and Henry stayed, like that's that's two dangerous options there that are going to consistently yeah. get first downs almost every drive. So those are the, the quarterbacks. I, I don't think Bryce Young is going to be on anybody's radar. I think Bryce Young is going number one. I don't think anybody's going to be able to get him. It's, he's a Carolina Panthers, how I'm looking at it. If something changes, and everybody can know this and everything, I'm a Panthers fan through and through. If they draft Will Levis, if they draft Hendon Hooker, I will support the team no matter what. I don't care if it's like a reach. If they think it's their guy and it works out. I mean, look at, look at after Cam Newton was drafted. Sorry, Panthers rant. Cam Newton was drafted. I'll never forget this. Week one, they're up against Arizona Cardinals, his rookie year. I'm watching. Fox pregame show, Terry Bradshaw shits all over him and goes, I would have pretty much says I would have taken any other quarterback over Cam Newton in that first round. He would have taken Ponder, Lockett, Gabbert, all of them. And he was wrong 100%. And maybe I was sitting there and I was like, yeah, maybe those guys are a better pocket pass. No, it worked out. So I'm just going to trust the process and no matter who it is, but that's who I think. Let's move on to our next question. Kind of lagged on this one a little bit. So. Let's increase the heat a little bit, okay? Which team has the biggest surprise in round one? This is the categories fit in, you know, teams trading A.J. Brown on draft day, um, you know, for picks to take a receiver. Guys moving up majorly to draft a guy, or it's, you know, your New England Patriots drafting a guy that probably would have been there in round three. What's the biggest surprise? So, so I think our biggest surprise our team is... Surprise. I think our biggest surprise is going to come out of the Detroit Lions. Um, I think they were going to reach for somebody that they could have got a little bit later or traded back. Uh, which pick, which pick? Are you talking about six or 18? Uh, I'm talking about 18. Okay. Uh, I'm going with their 18 pick. I, I think they're going to reach on that 18 pick uh, because I think six, um, I mean, I think that's pretty much. Um, a solid either corner or or edge for them, uh, definitely beefing up. I think the 18 pick is where they're going to they're going to falter and remind us why they are the Lions. I think they're going to reach for somebody that they could have either traded back and still got and added some draft capital, or they're just going to go for somebody that doesn't fit that scheme. I think the Minnesota Vikings are going to be the biggest surprise of this first round. Now, it's not necessarily because 
we were talking about it before like there's rumors of like Kirk Cousins and Trey Lance involved in a trade and everything um the Vikings don't have a clear-cut direction right now they're drafting you know at 23 and so there's no guarantee of who's going to be available I think the Minnesota Vikings uh whoever they draft it is going to be from everybody except for one guy is going to go really that's who they went with because even when we were mocking and I, I mocked them Kalaja Kansi after we did that and I was making up the graphic, I was like, man, I don't know. I don't know if he'll even do this. And then I did another mock draft and I was like, I don't know. I don't like, I have no idea what they're going to do. Um, and it's going to be a big surprise. That. Another one, we have already talked about this. Let's come together on this one for a third team, the Washington commanders, um, rest in peace, Washington football team. Uh, we have no idea where they're going to go. Last year, they took Jahan <laughs> Dodson and while Jahan Dodson was a fantastic pick now, at the time, it was kind of like a hey, head scratcher. Like over Burks. Like, okay, interesting. And they're at this, like the same range. They're in the middle again, yeah. and they could go any direction. They could trade up. They could trade down. They could draft a, they could draft a, a center. I have no idea what they're going to do either. So no matter what they do, it will be the biggest surprise uh, in round one. Uh, I, I could see that. Um, I think that their surprise is going to be, they're going to feel a, a want rather than a need. I think that's going to be the biggest surprise with them. I think, I think general manager plus head coach Ron Rivera. Um, I, I don't have their general manager name written down right here, but I just think they're, it feels like they're on their last legs in Washington. And so I kind of agree with that, um, that it's going to be, we want this guy. Let's go get him. Because, uh, I mean, I, yeah, I just have no idea. So, feel a little hotter, okay? Which consensus, number one at their position, is at the biggest risk of a fall? So, for preface for everybody listening and everything, we're talking, the consensus right now is Bryce Young is number one. So, if he fell and was the third quarterback drafted or fourth quarterback, that's a pretty big fall. Now, if they're the second, we're not talking about that. We're also not going to talk about, you know, Christian Gonzalez or Devin Witherspoon because it's a mixed match of who's actually the top. Yeah. But um, uh, and pretty much any other positions available. But John Robinson is not the first running back taken. That will be a major fall in surprise. <laughs> so go ahead. I, I think uh, this is going to surprise you. I don't think Will, Will Anderson Jr. is the first edge off the board. I, I don't think that that's going to be it. I actually think Wilson jumps him, and that's a that's a bold take on my end. Uh, me and you both are very high on Will Anderson Jr., mm -hmm. but I I've got you know sometimes I get these gut feelings that sometimes they pay off, sometimes they don't. That's why you call me Hot Take Teasley. Um, but I, I have a feeling that Wilson's just going to going to leap him, and that's going to be a lot of that's going to throw this draft even into more chaos if that happens. And I'm going to tell you right now, that's actually what I was going to say as well, uh, yeah. that I think is something that could happen. I think Tyree Wilson is getting a lot of talk right now because he has just such a great athletic profile. Um, and he's already the number two, you know, edge rusher out of this draft class. So it's not like a reach too much for him to go number one. Uh, yeah. as, and I've, I literally just saw somebody that I, I value their opinion, just mock him to go number two to the Texans, you know, and Will Anderson could take a little dip because Teams could trade up, and then next thing you know, we have three quarterbacks. Plus, we have you know Tyree Wilson. Then we have Jalen Carter. Then we have one of the cornerbacks, and now Will Anderson's there at seven. You know, and he could fall in that range. Um, 
there's talks of the Cardinals, who we've been saying this entire offseason, not just us, but everybody has been saying they need an edge rusher. They need somebody that gets the quarterback. But now, Kyler Murray wants Paris Johnson Jr. And apparently, he's been advocating for an offensive lineman in the first round for like three years, and they won't do it. They just won't take a receiver or, or, or uh, an edge rusher in the first round. So, I mean, or sorry, offensive lineman. They keep taking like linebackers and stuff. So, yeah, Will Anderson Jr., I think this is a, it's a very hot take, I think. I, I think as the draft goes on, what I hear in February, like late January, early February, I think is the most true to all the process. And if nothing, if I don't see anything bad actually happen, like from my eyes, then I think that's actually the truth. And Will Anderson has done nothing wrong, had no negative reports, no red flags, didn't test bad, had good interviews. For some reason, he, somebody's like, well, what if he, what if he does fall? He's not, he's not going to fall down. Your take is very spicy and hot because it could happen, but realistically, he's not. You know, it's like the Bryce Young. Yeah. Bryce Young is the, he's the best quarterback in college. He's so great. He's a top five guy. Lock it in. Maybe number one pick. Oh, maybe he's too short. Maybe he doesn't weigh enough. Maybe his diet isn't what we like to eat. Maybe he doesn't eat enough cheese. Ew. Okay, come on. <laughs> what are we talking, guys? But uh, the weird thing about uh, if Will Anderson doesn't go too overall, he could take a significant hit because there is so much talent that is needed behind that two pick that he could tumble down to a seven, eight, ten if somebody doesn't move up for him. Here's the thing though. People that really want another a dominant edge rusher. Let's get right here. Number one, number two, number three. Uh, let's think. Um, number five, number six. Number seven, number eight, number nine, number 10 ish. I think so. Yeah. Pretty much nine or 10, like eight or nine of the top 10 spots right now, who is currently there, I think could use an edge rusher. So he's safe. He's not going to fall to the top 10. That's not going to happen. But a hot take, yes. But I also wouldn't be, it wouldn't be too much price. So now I have to naturally just, I have to take the take you told me that you were going to say because that's why I planned for a different take. So I've been kind of on this board for a while. Uh, Michael Myers is my tight end three. I don't think that he has enough, you know, I, I just, I don't think he has enough pizzazz in his game. I think he's a really good run blocker, which is kind of what puts him up there. He's a really, you know, he's, he's a sound tight end. And I think he's going to be fantastic in the NFL, but I'm hearing ranges of 13. And I kind of said it to you earlier because I was kind of, yeah wanting i want i was going to take the will anderson one and i kind of wanted this also to be talked about so it works out in the end but i mean people are saying maybe the packers take him at 13 you know he could be a really good fit there you know um the titans could use a tight end they're not going to but and it's just yeah. like it's like i think dalton kincaid is such a better receiver um i think if people want like super athletic you know great catch radius there are no uh washington uh, is one of those guys that has that and is just as good of a run blocker there's uh, guys that you like, like Lucas Musgrave as well. Um, I think that Michael Myers, consensus number one tight end, while he might be the second tight end drafted, he's getting mocked in the teens. I think there's a really good chance he falls to the back end of the first round and maybe into day two, uh, just because of the other wants and needs and because of how deep the position is. Uh, and 
tight end doesn't get valued as well as it probably should have. Uh, we have this big old, you know, tight end one, um, you know, tight end U University, you know, Greg Olson and Travis Kelsey, really big components of this, of, of establishing tight ends mean everything. And they, they do, but I don't yeah. think the NFL quite values them yet. Yeah. And I, I was going to touch back on this. Uh, I was just, we kind of went into the, well, Anderson a little bit deeper than I had expected, but yeah, I was going to touch on this as well. I think the tight end position is your, is your utility knife of your, your offense. They have to block, they have to catch, they have to read defenses, you know, and you don't, you got, you got tears tight end after mm -hmm. about your, your tight end five. It's, it could be anybody from five to 20, you know, that's interchangeable. I think you got five elite tight ends at the NFL and then everybody else is interchangeable from five to 20 uh, on any given week. I mean, that's, I mean, when you say that it's, it's kind of diving into fantasy football a little bit more, but we see that there, I think, and I don't think you're wrong on this. I just think like, it's like, Oh, he's a really good, you know, he's a great run blocker. He can receive really well. He's a great run blocker and everything like that. And so that's why, you know, he's on NFL teams forever. These, these guys and everything. And I think that's, that's true, but those guys are also, I believe really replaceable. I think there's a reason why, you know, Travis Kels is still in the league. I think there's a reason why, you know, Zach Ertz still is in the league. I, I think uh, being an elite receiving option that can also block and your matchups are way different. I mean, you're going against guys that more than likely the average linebacker is not great in coverage. You know, that's no. just the, that's just a fact, you know, uh, and the average cornerback in today's game, I mean, not it's, it's been a while for everybody, you know, for years, but in the average game, they're not the greatest tacklers. Not every, like, most cornerbacks are big play guys, or they're just lockdown guys, but in the open field, they're not great tacklers. That's like almost a knock on every, like, I don't know, everybody in like the top 10 for cornerbacks for the past, like five years, there's always like, you see that it might not be the number one flaw, but it's in their top three or four flaws where it's like, mm, they're open field tackling. They're not as strong. And so having a tight end that can just separate, I think is, is so valuable. And I think Michael Myers will get there, but I don't think the NFL values that in the first round is high. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a first round talent. Um, I just, he's not my number one tight end. Um, and uh, I just think that it'll be a surprise for a lot of people when he's not drafted as the first tight end. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think I'm hearing more and more surprises that well, I, I saw this somewhere. Somebody was it the Colts. They have 18 first round grades. That's it. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of like interesting because I think it's such a, such a great draft overall from top to bottom. Uh, and we hear stuff like that and it's like, well, you know, maybe, maybe not, maybe all of us. And I saw, I forget who it is. Like his name is Jeff. I wish I knew his name. He tweeted out and he was like, he's like NFL analysts and fans have 46 first round grades. NFL GMs have 20. Like that's just how it is. So last question before we get out of here on this draft takes episode before the NFL draft tomorrow, round one kicks off, lock it in. What are you going to lock in? Lock in this tomorrow, Thursday, lock it in. Lock it in? Lock it in I'm right gonna... now. This is your take. All right. I'm going to lock it in. Addison to the Giants. Jordan Addison to the Giants. 
follow up on that, which how many receivers will be drafted before him? Uh, I think there's going to be two. I think he's going to be the wide receiver three off the board. Okay. The only people above him that I have that personally that I have graded above him is JSN, of course. And I think Flower sneaks above him uh, by a hair. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, th- I think somebody moves up to get Flowers uh, and Addison's there. And I think that gives Daniel Jones a big wide receiver one weapon that he's lacked. All right, lock it in. Simple lock. I'm going to give two. Carolina Panthers draft Bryce Young. Bryce Young's quarterback one. He's getting drafted number one overall. Um, he did a very exclusive interview with Steve Smith the other day on Steve Smith podcast or on YouTube, and I watched it, and Steve Smith was smitten the entire time. And just the whole time they were at his pro day, they were just smitten over him and everything. I think it's a lock-in, but that's too safe and everything. Five quarterbacks go in the first round. I think it happens. I think Hennon Hooker goes in the first round. I think somebody trades in um, and and gets Hennon Hooker at the back end there. But again, we're talking about if all this talk is diluted and what we thought weeks ago, four quarterbacks go in the top 10, maybe your prediction of team that surprised the first round, maybe the Lions take Hennon Hooker at 18. You know, maybe the maybe the Tampa Bay Buccaneers take him at 19, you know, and let Baker work for a year. So Five quarterbacks go in the first round, um, and I think only two receivers will go in the first round as well. I think. Oh wow! I think it's going to be low on playmakers overall. Like, and I also think Michael Myers might fall out of the first two. So, like, I'm saying, like, we're looking at maybe three or four offensive playmakers total in like the first round. That's a hot take. It's the end of our. It's the end of our episode. The spice level is supposed to kick up. We're supposed to start sweating as we get going, but. That's it for us here on Second and Short Podcast here on the Mosaic MC Network. As always, check out our mock draft that we did before Aaron Rodgers and the Jets blew it up and ruined it. There's still some valid stuff on there. Lots of graphics that I spent lots of time making and everything. Uh, We will be dropping more TikToks and shorts and reels and everything everywhere else. Plus, more consistent stuff is going to be showing up two, three times, four times a week uh, as we break down every team's draft as well as the biggest moves from the past free agency. Uh, and we start diving into fantasy and dynasty football. Jason Teasley, Kyle Lauder, we're out.